So, Alex, we've talked about mortgages very generally, um, but could we go into sort of the more intricate details of it? What are, are there different types of mortgages um, that sure. people could get? Yeah, the, um, the big choice that you would have as getting a mortgage is the rate at which you're going to get and how long that lasts for. What does that mean? There's two main types of mortgage, one of which is a variable rate and one of which is a fixed rate. We'll start with variable rates before. What does it mean by variable? Well, interest rates are generally linked to what's happening with the Bank of England and what they are saying should is the cost of money. At what rate can the big banks borrow from the Bank of England for short-term money? And that, generally speaking, dictates the rate at which then banks can lend on to customers for the mortgages. Mm. Now, a variable rate, generally speaking, will then al allow the rate that the person who borrowed the money um, the rate that they pay will move as that Bank of England rate moves or stays still. Now there's two... Up or down. Sorry? Up or down. Up or down. Up or down, exactly. So a the most popular of these is called a tracker mortgage. Okay. And what that means is that you will pay a fixed margin over the Bank of England base rate. So if, for instance, the Bank of England base rate was 5.25% and your tracker mortgage is set at one percent above the bank of england base rate then you would be paying 6.25 percent per annum if the bank of england cut rates to five percent mm -hmm. then your mortgage rate would also drop to six percent oh I so, see. so it, it would, follows the market it would follow the market okay now you would sign that deal so it would follow it for a period of one year two year three years or what have you so, so you let's would... just say we've just you know had the cost of living crisis inflation went up so in theory if you would chose to go with that type of mortgage it would follow yes. what the interest rates are doing and, and that's the pain that a lot of people are going through. yes exactly Gosh, yeah because <clears throat> Variable rate mortgages are typically lower than fixed rate, long-term fixed rate mortgages. Yes. Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to go into the technicals of it because we've got to look at the curves, of the uh, lending curves. But effectively, what happens is, is as more as the interest rate goes up, so does your repayment. Okay. Now let's go back to what Alex said a few minutes ago. Your income is pretty stable. So what you earn, unless you're self-employed or you've got the ability to get a second job or whatever, your income is going to stay relatively stable. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the biggest expenses you've got is probably your mortgage or, or rent. Or if you own a home, it's your mortgage. It's probably going to be one of the most expensive bills you've got out every day. Mm -hmm. So if that goes up significantly, yeah. which is what a lot, a lot of people have had, that can have a direct impact on your finances and your personal spending exactly. ability. And if you'd kind of rewound and figured about a year ago when rates were a lot lower, mm. one of the other, we, we talked about yardsticks for borrowing. One of them is the um, amount of money you can borrow um, being four and a half times your, your income. Another one of the other thing, ways in which to think about is a mortgage affordable is to say, well, generally speaking, no more than 30 to 35% of my income mm -hmm. should go on my rent now or, or my mortgage sorry so 
what has happened over the past year when interest rates have gone from 1% to 5%, that's meant that mortgage payments would have ballooned if you were on a, a tracker. Gosh, so if you and were so, paying, you know, originally £2,000 a month for your mortgage yeah. and it all of a sudden jumped to 5%, then... No, you would have had an explosion in, in what you were paying and certainly rather than it being 30 to 35% of, of, of your income, it could well have been 70 and therefore you find yourself in... In, in real real straits. I mean, this may be a silly question, but why on earth would you ever agree to sign up to do okay. that type of mortgage? So the reason being, well, there's two things. First off, it's it, it can be attractive because the headline rate tends to be uh, lower than that of a fixed rate mortgage. So you're paying less interest, essentially. So you're paying less interest, but okay. you are taking the, the, the risk, risk of rates going. But also there will be times, interest rates tend to be cyclical now that's a whole nother podcast but over the past 10 years mm -hmm. rates have done really nothing so there wasn't necessarily the expectation uh, that rates would move low. yes they have been artificially low oh so it's quite an attractive deal actually so it was a very attractive deal you there were people who were paying you know probably not much more than one percent mm. for their mortgage which is nothing in, in terms of the cost of borrowing but now with rates having risen okay. obviously those are hurting but there would be others who would say, and we're not making any judgments or opinions here, that would say, well, at some point, if interest rates do start going down, mm -hmm. then having a tracker mortgage rather than a fixed rate mortgage, which we'll get into in a little bit, that might be more attractive because if the Bank of England starts lowering rates, then those mortgage rates would come down. I see. But bear in mind is... Bank of England doesn't operate knee-jerk reactions, so they don't just suddenly raise, cut, raise, cut. It's raise, a cut. It, 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 they try to have a smooth implementation of their rate policies that doesn't go through graft. So, I mean, variable you've talked about it, and, and you know, not so great when interest rates are rising. Better if you've got into one when interest rates are falling or staying artificially low. There are obviously other products, and there's a fixed term, and they can either be two years or five years. They don't tend to go longer than five years because that's not a product that people offer. Unlike the US, where you can get thirty-year fixed, I think the longest I've seen in the UK is about eight. So yeah, but they, yeah, but they get the way that works is is that for those years, that five years, the rate is the same, mm. and then after that, it flips into a tracker, right? No, you then get uh, you then get the opportunity either to refinance with whatever deal that the other lenders or your own lender is offering, or they will flip you into what's called their standard variable rate, the SVR, which tends to be very unattractive um, and doesn't is does not track the Bank of England rate in terms of how it will move up and down. So it's a a holding rate if you if you'd like to put it that way. So. There are very limited number of circumstances <coughs> in which you want to be on an, an SVR. So the, you know, the, the thing with, with a fixed term mortgage, it has advantages as much as you can budget and know, irrespective for the next X number of years, my monthly payment will be this and it will not shift. So it gives you a great degree of certainty. Mm. The downs There are two downsides to that, one of which is that if interest rates do start falling, then you you could be paying significantly above 
the rate uh, which is otherwise available in the market. And if you wanted to switch to that lower rate, you would have to pay what could be potentially a significant prepayment penalty to get out of it. Now, that also is an issue, for instance, if you had a five-year fixed-rate mortgage and you needed to move home, you know, you've been in it for two years, you need to move home. Remember, we had said that a mortgage is not portable. Mm. And so that would mean moving house, you would have still three years, for instance, left on your fixed rate mortgage, you would be responsible for having to pay the break on that. So oh, a fixed rate, you need to, it's, it, it offers some very good security in terms of, of knowing how much you need to pay out. Mm -hmm. But you really do need to be very careful in understanding what are my life plans Am I am I looking to stay in this place for that number of years, or is there a good chance I might this might be a stepping stone somewhere else? And so you need to manage that choice and accordingly. That, and that's not the only cost, right? No. I mean, buying oh, houses is are not just the, so, the deposit. Uh, uh, no. So, so they get you get get you everywhere. So it's not just about your deposit. You know, the other things that you have to come up with and have to come save for. So you're going to have. Um, uh, you've got to have to pay a special type of solicitor called a conveyancer. Okay. And conveyancing is where your solicitor basically does a whole bunch of checks to make sure that the council's not going to build a road right next to your house, uh, that there's no plans to open up something right next to you that you don't really want. It also makes does some really important stuff to make sure, I know it sounds silly, but it's anti-fraud. It makes sure that the person who's selling you the house actually has the right to sell you oh, the house. Okay, yeah. So you would be surprised at the amount of fraud out there. And so these are really essential checks. Mm -hmm. And that conveyancer will also be the person that holds your deposit and will arrange everything with the banks to make sure that on the great day that's called your completion date, which is when you get the keys and the money goes to, to the seller and you have, are, a, you know, a, a, are a homeowner. So you've got them to pay. And that yeah, can vary you know, for a thousand pounds-ish uh, around it depends but this is one thing where you know you can again you shop around you make your money work for you not for someone else so you paid your conveyance so your your bank or lender is going to require you to get a surveyor to mm -hmm. go and check the property because they want to make sure not the property's there but also it's not falling down mm -hmm. and you also want to make sure oh, it's the form of collateral for them right it's, yes it's, it's basically if it goes wrong they are going to retake it you told me you told me that already so they want to make sure that it's sound but they also want to make sure that it's worth the value of what they're borrowing okay right so it's no point turning around taking a hundred thousand pound mortgage out and then realizing that this house is only worth 50. Mm. exactly so it's a form so these of, are very important costs oh, actually it, it, it is and but you get to, to really choose there's there is a standard valuation survey which doesn't really do much for you it does everything for the bank to a certain extent but you can get more sophisticated even to the point of getting a full structural survey which would then look not just at the interior of the house and making sure that it's it's okay but also we'll look at things like the electricals mm. or plumbing or is there the roof, uh, the, yeah, the the roof is there the, the subsidence so you know exactly what you're buying because you and I you know, we could go look at a house and think it's okay, but there could be all sorts of problems waiting for you, which mm. once you've paid the money, you own it and you own the problem uh, as well. So yeah. a survey 
is really important for peace of mind to know that if there are any any problems you know about them beforehand mm -hmm. and so either you've got the chance if if it turns out there's subsidence or damp then you can figure out i just walk away I, there's, I don't there's want to no recourse right yes the thing is like it, the only exception to that is a new build where typically you've got a 10-year guarantee guarantees or warranties but if you're buying a house the pre-existing is up to you to do the due diligence and make sure that it's yeah. sound and, and you know what you're walking into. Now, some houses will literally turn around and go, this is a death trap. You might knock it down and, and you know, have other plans. But it is your responsibility to mm. be aware of it. And yeah. in addition to that is stamp duty. I love that one. What's stamp duty? So stamp duty is a tax on property transactions. There are some exemptions. So currently, uh, property under £250,000 is exempt. There are also some first-time buyer exemptions and other exemptions out there, but generally, once you get over £250,000, this becomes a real and significant tax because you start paying 4% of the value of the transaction oh, over gosh. that threshold, and it ratchets up. And, it, and you have to pay it upon completion. So you've got to raise the money for the deposit oh. and you've got to raise the money for the stamp duty. So it's almost like a second, a whole second deposit. It's, 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 it's once the gas gets big enough, yes, it's like a second. So how, what percent is that, 4%? Uh, off the top of my head. It's, no, it's, it's ratioed. It's, it's ratioed on, on tiers from something like, from two on, it kicks in at 250,000 pounds mm -hmm. and then that to a tier in the, uh, about the half million-ish bracket and then on that, oh, it, ratchets, okay. it ratchets up. Once you up. go above a million, then it's really... Yeah, and it's... So just as we said earlier, there's nothing like getting a little bit of money back. There's nothing worse than having to, to cut that stamp duty check. It, it's, it, it, it is painful. painful. It's tr truly painful. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's other things. You can go into... The list is endless, right? I mean, you know, very rarely, unless you're very lucky, you're going to walk into a house that is perfect. Mm. so you, there's other work you might want to do there's going to be appliances that you mm. want to buy there's going to be moving costs unless you can put all your stuff exactly. in a suitcase and, and think so th there's a lot of things associated costs that you need to to look into it now i think one of the things that we haven't touched upon and i think it's probably more relevant and i'm, I'm again i'm conscious of time you don't have to do this on your own you can buy houses with your friends you don't have to buy it with your partners <laughs> And that's one of the most popular things that are people are actually clubbing together and effectively, you know, because they can't afford a big deposit on their own mm. or they can't afford the mortgage on their own, then they might buy a two bedroom flat and they'll buy it with a friend. You know, maybe they're not in that situation where they want to, uh, you know, they, they have a long term or lifetime partner that they, they want to be with. That is all feasible, and, and each of the mortgages are done individually and, and assessed individually. Oh. One of the most important things to bear in mind is you are buying into a long-term financial obligation with someone. Mm. So your friend today may not be your friend in a couple of years' time. Or, it uh, sounds a little harsh, but they may also be, they might have different lifetime goals. They might mm. have, you know, they might move away to work. They may not be able to afford it anymore. So. Although that is a very feasible option and, and something to look at, and it, it helps you get on the ladder, it is also important to think about this as a con contract and to think about what the potential issues would be, just like you plan financially, 
you should plan for the worst and hope that it doesn't happen. Mm. So we can maybe discuss that, you know, if that's of interest to people, we can discuss that in a future in a future podcast. Yeah, and abs- absolutely. We'd you know, love to, to field any of your questions and uh, uh, would absolutely like to be able to answer, answer anything that uh, you want to post to us on our uh, various channels. Uh, unless it's obviously the Alex Angry Man rant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that'll be a future podcast coming up. Absolutely.